Hello, this is Jobber William. And this is Jobber Billy. And this, this is Jobber Central. Today, we're going to be talking about, again, six Summer Slams. A lot of controversies recently. We're going to be talking about, uh, I don't know, other pay-per-views that happen and special events because there's been a lot. Slammiversary, Road Rager. Yeah, stuff like that. And I'm going to be doing a Japanese corner. I even no, he's not. I'm doing a Japanese corner. Dang it. Okay. In fact, I even created a theme for Japanese corner, which you'll see when I do it. Mm. Good theme. I don't care what you say. Okay. Now, what the fuck is going on in wrestling? Yeah. What oh my the God. fuck? This past month has been the craziest shit. Oh, we- All right. We'll, we'll start off with, I mean, MJF. We still don't know what's going on with that. Like, what the okay. heck? That pipe bomb, man. If it is a work... Like, honestly, they've been doing great this year with works that you work or shoot, we don't know. Sasha Banks and Naomi. And then there was the MJF situation. If MJF had some legitimate beef over his pay, that's understandable, I guess. And I believe it started out as a shoot and kind of... Worked itself into a work, Maybe. you know, no pun intended. I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, kayfabe this year is just like completely And, and there. guys, if... we I don't know what's kayfabe anymore. If you're uninitiated, go back and watch the MJF promo. Pipe bomb. Pipe bomb, you... Shut up. Cause pipe bomb. His pipe bomb, because it was very passionate and felt very, very real. Now, after that, Punk had to relinquish his title. Or not relinquish, but give it up for a moment. Because he got injured. We lost our champion. We were supposed to have another summer of Punk. Why is everyone getting fucking injured? We have Punk, Danielson, Orton, 18 of AEW's guys. And this is... Tomohiro Ishii uh, got injured, so he can't be at Forbidden Door. What the fuck? At the time of filming this, it is Friday. Forbidden Door is in two days. Danielson... Getting injured cost me my dream of seeing Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. at Forbidden Door. I don't care what this guy says. That would have been a golden shovel. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe not a golden shovel. Shut up. I don't know. Would have been a golden shovel. Okay, whatever. Anyway, it would have been five stars, no doubt about it. I am excited for the mystery opponent, though. And I think it's going to be Cesaro. That's not going to one else. Another day, gotta give him hell. It's burning straight through the dark. This rebel heart. Sorry, Gagano, for the uninitiated. Could you be a little quieter? Anyway. Could you be a little quieter? Wow, they're gonna suck if they start a podcast. Yeah. Coming soon. Anyway, uh, so... The, those 37 viewers we just got, like those new ones, uh, they just dipped out because yeah, they are just they're, singing. They're, they're all... Go- hey, shut up. <laughs> anyway, so now we're having an interim champion at Forbidden Door, which I'm excited for. And I think I want Tanahashi to win, but I think Moxley's going to win. I wouldn't mind seeing Tanahashi hold it for a minute, especially if CM Punk isn't out that long. Because mm-hmm. the original plan was Tanahashi and Punk. Yes. And I think they hey. would both really like that match. Hey, yeah, I, I want to see that match. That's going to be an amazing match. We've already seen... Have we already seen Sam Punk versus John Moxley? 
I don't think we have that. Not in AEW, I don't think. No. Okay, so... But still, I mean, Don Moxley already won the championship. He can win it another time. I want Tanahashi. Especially since AEW, in my opinion, hasn't been been treating the new Japanese wrestlers so well. They always don't win. Like, their partnership with both... Their partnership with TNA, it didn't necessarily elevate the TNA guys as much as it should have. Other than, like, publicity, they didn't give it much. Like, with... Of course, whenever Don Callis came out and helped uh, Kenny Omega, that popped the viewers for that Tuesday, and that kind of just fizzled. And we actually get to some about TNA later in this show. Alright, now we have... Jeff Hardy, D-U-I. For the oh, love of God, Jeff. I will. Please. Please stop endangering yourself and others. Please, for the love of God. As this can get very real, addiction is a hard, hard battle. It is. And we absolutely wish him the best in that he gets his mind straight and gets very healthy. This... Of course, we're not in this situation, but this is my advice for Jeff Hardy. For the love of God, stay home. Stay home with your wife and kids. We appreciate you for everything you've done for the business. You've given a lot of amazing moments to a lot of amazing people. You do not owe us anything. Just go home and enjoy life. Yeah, honestly, it, the, you're at your point. You're starting, no offense, the last time I watched him at a Jeff Hardy match, he started to rust up. Cause there like, was a little bit of mishaps, yeah. and plus this new drinking problem, or not new, but this drinking problem coming back again, I, I think he should just yeah. end it here. Matt Hardy still has a little bit to go, I think. Matt it Hardy still has a little bit. even as much ring rust as it's like, it's tough to watch his matches anymore, not because he's bad. But because it's it's like we're seeing a man who's given his life to the business. We are watching him wither away. Yeah. And just give his body away for our entertainment. Which we appreciate, but you don't have to do it. Alright, now we move on to... Alright, well first of all, we were just going to talk about the Vince McMahon scandal. We were just going to talk about how he supposedly, allegedly... Innocent to proven guilty, but honestly, I'd be more surprised if he didn't. Pay, what was it, $3 million? Uh, yeah, $3 million hush money, which, mm-hmm. fun fact, is more than he paid for WCW, mm-hmm. which is his rivalry, his biggest rival for years. That, that, what if he planned this out in the future and was like, hmm, it'd be pretty funny if I, yeah, if I paid more for a... <laughs> For a uh, girl than I did WCW. Like, if, and like, if Vets Man, if it comes out as true, I don't think a single person would be, would be truly surprised. Because Vince, I can go on record saying this is probably the weirdest human ever created. No, I've seen weirder. Yeah. Okay, I mean, he's, he's, he didn't know what a taco was until he was a grown man, but still. This man is a damn monstrosity. Okay, that's a little... Prob- okay, that might be a little harsh. I'm trying to find the right word here. Oddity? Yes. 
heat. Now, once in a lifetime is how I describe Vince McMahon. Now, this brings back to another argument I had with Billy. You really call on Sasha Banks unprofessional? God damn it. Do you see how Vince acts? If this is true... Okay, and- I have never in my life said Vince was the most professional man. Right, but so you-, you don't measure yourself to Vince fucking McMahon because the man is insane. Okay? You cannot measure yourself to that standard because that is an incredibly low standard. Incredibly low. The business as a whole, unprofessional. And you're saying Sasha Banks is unprofessional? I'm just saying they could have finished the match, but we are not going back on that argument. Anyway, doesn't matter. See how long it took us to talk about the topic? And we didn't even talk about it as full. And for that reason, it would have probably taken longer had we not also learned, had we not done an episode beforehand, before this next thing happened... Vince stepped down from CEO. And, oh, God. What the fuck? And this man. I never, I thought I would die before he stepped down. And this is a business strategy and a half from fucking Fox. They advertised this man. <laughs> I was what? This guy doesn't watch SmackDown, so he wasn't. I, I saw what happened. I Shut up. I was watching it live. This man. They tweet out that he is coming on SmackDown at 8. So everyone's like, oh my god. But he's actually coming on the woman anyway. Is Get out. Get out. <laughs> go go to their room. Get Ty. He's taking over. Ty's a dog. So just Fear, cutest dog. Cutest dog. 50 likes if you want him on the Instagram. Now. Okay. <laughs> so... They advertise him coming out, and this man comes out and goes, I, I'm going to try quote this in full. I'm here to remind you guys of the four important words you saw at the beginning of the show. I like big men. Then, now, <laughs> forever, and most importantly, together. No chance, that's what you got. And it's weird no that people chance, were chanting for him. Oh yeah, he got a huge pop. You know, okay, you know what? I actually seen, uh, other than like big accounts that, you know, have rational thinkers behind it, a lot of comments have been saying that like this this woman's a bitch and that Vince is did nothing wrong or that Vince is a big... It, it was some stupid I mean, shit. Like, they, I'm not saying Vince okay. is guilty. We don't, we don't know this. We don't know anything. I'm just saying... What the we, fuck? <laughs> we have our opinions as Vets McMahon, as everybody does, but we're not going to come out and say anyone is straight guilty, no matter what happens, because we do not know until there is full evidence and a straight verdict, yeah. which yet there hasn't been. Now, to be fair, according to what's going on, Vince didn't actually pay with the company's money, he paid with his own money. So, still scandalous, but not illegal. But also a very bad... Well, out- prostitution, never mind. I mean, it's a bad outlook on the company, which isn't oh, yeah. very different than what Vince has always been. This is not Do the think- first it- allegation made against him at all. I mean, like the first female referee in Dota E. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. they, they don't even recognize her anymore because she said she got... she That Vince tried to... I think it was inside of Limo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... We probably, per- we probably should have put a warning. Anyway, <laughs> let's actually talk about SummerSlam. Something fun. Yeah. 
And so for these Slam, we're trying do you to want get... go over Slammiversary first, or... No, we're going to do that in the middle. Okay. All right. So, okay. I will admit, SummerSlam is starting to hit another low streak, where, like... They're... They're better than the 90s were, in my opinion. Wrestling-wise. Because at least at this point, we like, okay, we definitely know this guy. We're familiar with this guy. So that helps us a little bit. Okay. We'll start with SummerSlam 2006. That's where we left off. We're starting with a, depending on who you ask, tasteless rivalry between Rey Mysterio versus Chavo Guerrero. Oh, yeah. Now, I will admit... The storyline actually did well with going around Eddie's death, like with Vicky telling him to stop fighting. I like that moment, but uh, still, it felt a little wrong it wasn't, in some places. I don't feel like it was on the Randy levels of like Eddie's in hell. Yeah, it it definitely wasn't that. So I don't necessarily see a problem with it. Was like it was Chavo. And having, like, a legitimate grief with you profiting and getting a huge push and everything off of Eddie's memory when you're not even a Guerrero, which was kind of Chavo's point. And Chavo had a very... He wasn't always the best in ring, but him and Rey Mysterio put on... Some really good matches, and this was no different. This was pretty good, in my opinion. Uh, I gave it 3.5 jobbers. Billy gave it 3 jobbers. It was very solid. Very solid. Now we have Sabu versus The Big Show in, in a hardcore match. Now, there was good segments. However, this match was very botchy. Even the finish was botched, which is why it took some points away from, uh, from me. You cannot call this ECW. It is WWECW. It was, like, compared to what ECW was, this was definitely, like, this, kitty version. This was not ECW in any way, shape, or form. But it's it, not as bad as the other ones that we watched It later was on. better than what they became. And actually, you know, funny enough, there is another match on this list that is more hardcore and extreme than that match. The, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get into but, that. But... This, at least in this era of WWECW, they had a unique stage and a unique look. After a couple years, they just began, they became the Wish version of SmackDown and Raw. Now, we both gave this a 2.5 jobbers. A lot of it was botchy, but it had some good moments. It was fairly okay. Okay, now, okay, this is not a match. This is just a moment, but I think it deserves a negative 5 jobbers anyway. You know what I'm talking about. The woman moment with the showers. Oh, God. Yeah. So, who was it again who got victimized in that moment? I believe it was Layla. The fact that we're not entirely sure shows everything you need to know about They were all cookie-cutter women. So, yes. They literally... Trish Trash literally had to go through each woman like... They got here for um, so-and-so thing they did. Uh, injury, injury, injury. Little cut on her fingernail. Because um, it was, oh, you can't just get here by winning a contest. They went to Ashley Mazzaro and were like, she got here. Oh, wait, she got here because of a contest. And then made a joke about her broken hand. 
And then they proceed to shove Layla into a shower and turn on. Yep, cold we don't we don't we don't, want, we don't need to describe it. You know why? I think we just leave that at negative five jobbers, and it's a sin. Anyway, just wait ten years, guys. It gets better. It gets and then better. somehow. It's followed by a also bad moment, Hulk Hogan versus Randy Orton. This made no sense on so many levels. The wrestling was bad. It was so slow. It did not need to be that long. And the fact that Hogan beat the legend killer. The fucking legend killer. That makes no fucking sense storyline wise. Right, let me let me go off. I believe I gave it a negative one. Yes, you did. Which is a, one of the few negatives you've given. I gave it point five. I gave it point five. I'm going to re. I'm going to restate why I give negatives. I don't give negatives for a bad match. I give it negatives for a glaringly bad, like moment in history thing that is a part of the match, like a tumor. Yes, and Hulk Hogan. Fuck it. I'll go on record. A cancer to the wrestling business. A tumor is a cancer. Shut the fuck up. He, yes, he brought it to another level, but I wish it was somebody else because Hulk Hogan is a selfish, selfish prick. And this is after his match with and The Rock, which is deemed his last good match and by most people. Like William said, Randy Orton was on a run where he was referred to as the legend fucking killer. And he didn't kill Hogan. Legend Why didn't he kill Hogan? That would have made so much of his career if Hulk Hogan would have just laid the fuck down. One, two, three. You are in the middle of... How? He's probably in his 50s at this point. What does he have to gain from going over on a young kid who had such a bright future? And His luckily, back problems. Luckily, Randy recovered. Randy recovered greatly because he became better, a, definitely a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan ever was. Damn. Okay. Damn. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll move on for that. Uh, and this, in my opinion, this was the match of the night. Ric Flair versus Mick Foley in an I Quit match. Storyline story telling was really good here. The fact that both these men, not in the prime of their careers, put on a banger in a hardcore match, bleeding everywhere... That is surprising, and it was more extreme than the Sabu versus Big Show match and an ECW match. Like, okay, the fact that he just said the match the night was Mick Foley versus Rick fucking Player in two thousand six shows. It wasn't. It wasn't even four jobbers for either of us. It was not a bad SummerSlam. It just was mediocre. Yeah, let's go with that. But. This, Mick Foley and Ric Flair got to go out there and do a nice, solid, hardcore match. And they used Molina at the end. I thought that, yeah, Nice Molina. touch. I thought that was a very nice touch. Because mm-hmm. Mick Foley would have never quit. Would never quit of his own pain. Because like we said, he was in the original fucking ECW. He is impervious to pain. But he cares about other people. Mm-hmm. And some people can use that as a weakness. That's why he's, I, I always loved his character. Anyway, I gave it 3.75. Billy gave it 3.5. Now we go for... This match was just pretty much nothing in my opinion. I don't remember a single thing from it. Batista versus Broker T. Oh, I remember. It was a 
DQ ending. Mm-hmm. That's why I was pissed by it. Uh, one jobber from me, 1.5 jobber from Billy. The SmackDown main event scene was always very boring for me. Well, in 2012 was interesting. Oh, I mean like 2006 to maybe 2009. Really? 2008? Okay, 2006 and 2007. Yeah, that's what I thought. The, G- the era where JBL, King Booker, Batista kind of had a strangle horde on it. Mm-hmm. Mostly JBL. Yeah. I just generally hate a JBL match because he's so fucking slow. I like slow. And I also despise JBL as a person. But, like, this match wasn't horrible, but also wasn't something to care for. And then we had DX versus the McMahons, which, fun rivalry. Uh, okay match. They sent a whole bunch of people in there beforehand mm-hmm. to handle them, which was, we added that onto the rating. It was up and downs. The match itself was okay. Surprisingly, they did some things that I didn't think they would do. I gave it three jobbers. Billy gave it 3.25 jobbers. And in the main event of the night, Edge versus John Cena. Fun fact I noticed, John Cena's top three rivals, and nobody could fucking argue this, Randy Orton, Edge, Mm -hmm. and CM Punk. He never had a one-on-one match with any of those guys at WrestleMania, but he had a one-on-one with all of them at SummerSlam. That's interesting. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I would like to say, I would say that for... Like, main event John. If we're talking about part-time John, then his three rivals would be Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, and Rusev. I wouldn't so much go as Rusev, because like... It was the best I could think of. It was good, but... It was too much America. John buried him three shows in a row. Yeah. At least he gave... Oh, he, 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 yeah, he gave, Kevin Owens. he gave it to Kevin Owens. And AJ Styles made him a star and in WWE. If, cause like, don't get me wrong, I love their Royal Rumble match, but John and AJ, mm-hmm. it could have stopped at that SummerSlam, cause John did something unimaginable. He put AJ over at SummerSlam clean as a fucking whistle. Mm-hmm. And AJ won the fucking trio of matches, cause he won that match. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I can't wait to watch that match. Oh, that's gonna be so. We're, we're, we might we might have to put an extra explicit uh, warning on that one. <laughs> Oof. Anyway, <laughs> uh, okay. Then who would who, who is his third modern opponent be? Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that was really good rivalry. Yeah, it kind especially of, with the Fiend. The WrestleMania Thirty was okay. We're getting off track. Okay, yeah, you're right. All right, so Edge versus John Cena, 3.5 from me, 3.75 from Billy. Solid, solid match. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, SummerSlam 2007. Uh, Not as bad as your previous one, but there uh, weren't a lot of highs. We'll start Mm -hmm. with Kane versus Finlay. Uh, I mean, look at the people in the match. It's not going to be a banger. It's not going to be like at least four stars. It's not going to be that. Uh, I gave it 2.25 jobbers. Billy gave it 2.25 jobbers. Okay, let me get it. It was there, and it was... Should have been an opener, more like a cooldown, but... 
It was there. And then we had Umaga versus Mr. Kennedy versus Carlito. This could have made it as an opener, I think. Better opener, I agree, yeah. And I do love Mr. Kennedy. Oh, oh I just remember something about the Kane match, that he had a rib injury and uh, Finlay used it. And then Hornswoggle got involved, I remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, triple oh, threat. Little bastard. The Umaga versus Mr. Kennedy versus Carlito. I mean, it was all right. 2.75 from me, 3.25 from Billy. Now, the last SummerSlam was, it had a lot more downs, but this SummerSlam was a lot more forgettable. Then we had Rey Mysterio versus Chavo Guerrero 2. You remember a single thing? This this one wasn't about Eddie Guerrero. This one was not as good. Yeah. Um, I remember... Actually, really? You you think that? Because you gave it a higher rating than last year. Oh, I did. I think you thought the wrestling was better, but the storyline wasn't. Um, now, Rey did have a very interesting attire. He had, like, oh, yeah, silver, silver spray paint on himself. And at first, we were like, what the fuck is that? And then, near the end of the match, it was all gone. Yeah. That's how you put in work, boys. Alright, so I gave it 3.25. Billy gave it 3.5. Okay, then we go for the, the women's battle royale match. Fun oh. <laughs> fact. I don't remember a goddamn thing because I was. People, people, people can't see you. They don't know what you're doing. Okay, I was asleep. Then I was up. Then I was asleep. You could have done a sleeping noise. Why didn't you do a sleeping noise? That's not a sleeping noise. It sounds like you're no, falling. Was... There, there you go. There you go. That's I was trying to stay awake for it, and as soon as that shit ended, I took like a two-hour nap, mm-hmm. and then I continued it. See ya. Beth Phoenix point. That's all. That's from, all I remember. From what I remember, it was not good at all. Yeah, I gave it point two five. Billy gave it one. And then we had CM Punk versus John Morrison. This was, if I remember correctly, this was like seven minutes long. This could have gone on for longer. This what, was a banger. What match? Uh, CM Punk versus John Morrison. Oh, just those two names. Yeah. You knew it was going to be at least good. At least. Unless they, like, fumbled every single thing. And even then, they'd find a way to fix it. Yeah. I mean, uh, just by staring at those two dudes' bodies, I mean. Honestly. Well, it really sounds like we're kissing their asses. Anyway, uh, it just, it was too short in my opinion. That's the only problem I had with it. 3.5 from me, 3.25 from Billy. Alright, then we had Booker T versus Triple H. Is this part of the, the racist storyline? I don't remember. No, 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 no. Okay, no. that was that was that, that was two thousand three. That was whoa. We'll we'll oh, get God. to that. We'll get to that. But anyway, this match was, if I remember correctly, boring, slow. So Booker T match. Hey, don't you okay. fucking diss I, Booker T. I love Booker T, but not the not the King Booker reign. Okay, that's a good. It point. just did not work. Gimmick wise, it was great. Match but wise, match wise, it just wasn't happening. Yeah. WCW him, though? Oh, yeah. Two jobbers from me, 2.5 jobbers from Billy. And somehow, we got an even slower match. Batista versus the Great Khali. I cannot do his fucking name. That was, like, borderline racist. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, guys. Love you. Now, I will say, I have high respect for the Great Khali. And I... Have you heard his story of how you became a wrestler, Billy? I did not. Alright, so this man was a, I think he was a gym cutter in India, or he was something like that, and 
a policeman saw him one day, if I remember the story correctly, and told him that he should be on the force because he was fucking humongous. If he was on the force, no one would commit crimes. So anyway, he joined the force, and when he got enough money, he bought a TV. And that's when he saw wrestling. And so he was so interested in it that he traveled to America, tried out, and became a wrestler. He was still employed by the police by the time, this time. Mm-hmm. But he became such a big star uh, in India because of his wrestling career. They have a street named after him. And, like, everyone cheers for him and stuff like that. It's, it, it's great. But I will say, he's not the best wrestler. Like, like maybe, I mean, to be fair, we haven't watched all of his matches. There as, could be a banger out there at one point. But as, as of right now, no. Like, as a gimmick... He is fine enough, and as a look, he is amazing. If you could put him in there for a little bit, if you did not let him go past 10 minutes, give him a good time frame and he could put on something decent, but you're seven foot tall and that much weight, your knees Mm -hmm. are going to murder you. And it shows with him how slow he was doing it. Now... His match with Cesaro was pretty good, wasn't it? I mean, Cesaro, you can't have a bad match with Cesaro. Yeah, true. It's fucking we, we just haven't seen them. There's no offense to him. I really don't want to offend him. Not only because he's seven foot tall and can probably crush my head with one grip, but also because I respect him and I like him as a person. Uh, I will. I gave the match negative one. Billy gave it 1.75 jobbers. And then we had... What would become a overdone rematch, John Cena versus Randy Orton. Randall, uh, Randall Keith, Randall Keith, Randall, okay. Randall Keith. I saw a post a few, um, I saw a post a few days ago about feuds that never had a bad match. I agreed with everyone except Randy and Cena. This is not that SummerSlam, Billy. Wrong SummerSlam. Huh? This, this is the good one. This is the good one. No, I, I know, but also okay, I'm just, just okay. putting out there. Not all their matches have been great. They're... But a few of them, I don't understand the hate for their rivalry. Sure, it happened a lot, but like um, Stone Cold and The Rock. Oh, yeah. They were the two biggest stars of their era. So they were, they had a need to clash. Or like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And they should have had a one-on-one at Mania. They should have. Throughout each era, there are two superstars that will face each other for God knows how long. The only exception is the Golden Era. I can't really think of anything for that one. Hulk Hogan and somebody, probably. Macho Man. I'd say Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. Really? Maybe maybe Hulk Hogan and Andre. Because they faced a couple times. Or Hulk and Roddy, I guess. That's it. That's it. Hulk and Roddy. That's the Yeah. And then the next, it's like one biggest face and one biggest heel. Yeah. Then the next it was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. They faced the most. Then it was Stone Cold and The Rock. And then it was Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. John Cena, Randy Orton. Um, Modern era. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I don't like using Brock twice, but I mean, it's, it's yeah. The, I mean, this is gonna be their ninth match. Or maybe Roman and Seth. No, not that big. Okay, fair, fair. Like, they faced a couple times, but that's it. Uh, yeah, so 
this match was a banger, though. Four mm-hmm. jobbers from both of us. It, it was it was really good. Uh, and then we move on to SummerSlam 2008. Pretty good one. I'd yeah, say. this actually this actually was a step up. Now, fun fact as well. This was the last PG third. A lot of people said this was the first beginning of the PG era. Right after this, it was PG. And I think this is a really good segue from Ruthless Aggression to... I hate that they call it the PG era, but PG era. That's when John Cena went tutti fruity. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Okay. You keep that up here and give me a lobotomy. Get out. Get me, give me the dog. Give me the dog. <laughs> anyway, so first... Match started out with a, a banger, MVP versus Jeff Hardy. Nothing too special, just uh, just two men slobbing around. Okay, that sounded weird. Uh, just two men. Um, get it? Nope. I almost said getting it on. Okay. Uh, two men. Uh, <laughs> two men. Uh, you know what? The three point two five for me. Three point five from Billy. And then we had a uh, intergender tag team match. Santina Marella and Beth Phoenix versus Kofi Kingston and Mickey James. Billy, you have any comments about that? Um, oh, this is a winner's take all match, by the way. Yeah, it was. It was kind of what you ex- would expect it to be. Just want to remind you of your rating before you said anything that contradicted it. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was what you expected to be, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good, and. I'll save this argument for another podcast, but me and William disagree on something very largely about Santina Morella. He could have been world champion. He could have been world champion. No, he could fucking not. Do not unplug the microphone, you son of a bitch. Hey, I didn't do shit. I know how to handle my microphone. I can't believe I just said that. Edit. Edit. I'm not editing it. Anyway, uh, I gave it two jobbers. I didn't think it was too bad. There was a flaws within it, but it wasn't too bad. Billy gave it 0. 0.5. I don't think that's justified. It it wasn't that good. Then we had CM Punk versus JBL. And this is a JBL match that Billy actually didn't hate. He liked it. Surprisingly enough, I went in thinking I was going to hate it. But then again, it's CM Punk. And the fact that they kept wrestling after that gnarly injury oh where they hit each other God. in the head when falling. I forgot about that. Oof. Jesus Christ. CM Punk was bleeding and he still finished the match. Like. And nowadays he breaks his toe and cries. Okay, I'm joking. Shut that, the I'm joking. That was just a joke. JBL is a hard-headed motherfucker. Except there's not much in his fucking head. The dumb son of a bitch. But. Jesus Christ, Billy. Calm down. I hate JBL, okay? But, yeah, he like tripped and hit his concussion city. Mm-hmm. And props to, um... Both men. Yeah, props to... No, fuck JBL. Props to CM <laughs> Punk Christ. for finishing the match. Yeah, good match, though. 3.75 from me, 3.5 from Billy. If it wasn't for the injury, it probably would have been a little better. Yeah. Now, we had Triple H versus The Great Khali. <laughs> better than last year's Khali match. Yeah. But uh, Triple H carried both figuratively and literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2.25 from me, 1.75 from Billy. Then we had Batista versus John Cena. We disagreed on this one. Which match? Batista versus John Cena. Pay attention, motherfucker. 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm paying attention. Are you? You just talk fast. Really? Shut up. What are you doing? Huh? What are you doing? Stop. Are are you texting that girl that you're going to Vegas with? Excuse me? Yeah. Shut up, shut up. It's New Orleans, actually. Oh, that's right. Shut up, just do your thing, do your thing. I'm trying to get your opinion on Batista and John Cena. What'd you Uh, like about it? It was it was very good and there could be made an argument for the two biggest stars of the PG era, or Ruthless Aggression actually, being well no, PG era being John Cena and Batista. And this was I think their first match against each other. And I thought it was very good. I don't know. Yeah, what it was the first, I remember that. I would have expected you to at least give it a four. I I had some problems with it. It was too slow in my opinion and Honestly, it, it felt a little repetitive in some parts. I did like the finish, though. I gave it 3.25. Billy gave it 4.25. Now we go for the main event, which this one is deserving. This is the first. No. No, this is the th- third main event that was the highest rated match on the card for us. And... It was the first to reach five jobbers. Edge versus Undertaker. Hell in a cell. Hell in a cell. This was the definitive Hell in a Cell match. This is what a Hell in a Cell match should be. They used the structure well. Exactly. Everyone loves Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, and I loved it too. The problem is... I feel like the cell wasn't needed. A lot of the times now, it is a problem that seems like they're just doing it because, hey, it's that season. Some robberies deserve it and are around that area of time, like Bailey and Sasha Banks. Now, okay, I should should specify. Just because I said they didn't need it, I don't mean the rivalry didn't need it. I meant, like, they didn't use the body of the cell to its full potential in that match. That's why I felt like it didn't need it. But this rivalry, this was Edge versus Undertaker. damn near a year-long rivalry. Mm-hmm. And it finally all came down to, we're bringing Undertaker back, and you are facing him. In hell. In a cell. This was also the... I, was it the return or the start of the psychopathic edge? I believe it was the start, like, the few weeks beforehand. Yeah. And, like, watch the video package beforehand. It really sells it. If you need to sell this match. that if you want a good promo to get somebody over for a Hell in a Cell match, put him in there with Mick Foley. Because Mick Foley is a god in promo as well. Not appreciated enough on the mic. And of course you're in there with Edge, also one of my favorite promo guys. The video package was solid. The match was amazing. And the aftermath, fucking beautiful Undertaker shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Five jobbers from both of us. And then we had 2009 SummerSlam. This one was pretty good. There's There was a st- few stinkers though. Starts off with a banger though. Dolph Ziggler versus Rey Mysterio. Oh, just saying that. Just saying another that. Another one of those two matches. Of those matches where the two names, you know it's going to be good. You yeah. know it's going to be pretty good. 
And this one was incredibly solid. Four jobbers from both of us. Incredibly beautiful. Now we had Love MVP versus Jack Swagger. Honestly, better than I thought it was going to be. You know, Swagger isn't the best wrestler. He's good at, like, submission holds. He's but... a good fighter. Yeah, he's a good fighter, but when it comes to, like, gimmicks and stuff, he doesn't have a lot of charisma. Like, you saw, we everyone saw his Money in the Bank title, or, uh, not title, but briefcase win. Like. That straight face. What the fuck? Like, AEW used him well as a bodyguard of sorts. AEW, um, WWE made him an um, all-American gimmick for whatever fucking reason. They, they thought of him as the next Kurt Angle, but the thing is, Kurt Angle had charisma. Charisma and fucking loads. Uh, uh, and, like, Kurt Angle, like, I'm sorry, but Jack Swagger couldn't hold a fucking candle to Kurt Angle. However, Jack Swagger, again, good fighter. And the match wasn't bad, so I gave it 2.5 jobbers. Billy gave it 2.25 jobbers. Now, we have a tag team match between, in my opinion, the two most underrated tag teams in WWE. Jericho and Crime Time. Not most. For me it is. But I can say they are both very underrated. Jericho was fun. And their and the, and the song mix-up was banger also. Them, like, switching it with Miz directly after Jericho got put out of the picture. Kind of cheated a little bit. But, yeah, Jericho were on some shit. Their robbery with DX was fun, and this match was fairly fun. Yeah. Uh, I give it three jobbers, really gave it 3.25 jobbers. R.I.P. Shad, as well. Yes. Rest in peace. Then we had Kane versus Ray Colley. This was, like, the worst matchup you could make with the Ray Colley. Because Kane can work, can have good matches, if he's put a... He's not the best wrestler himself. But he can be. If he's with another good person. And the Great Collie isn't the best person to have team or uh, go against the uh, Kane. This was a slow, boring match where the Great Collie held Kane in a submission hold for like what felt like 12 hours. It was just, it was just bad. I gave it negative one, Billy gave it 1.25. Mm-hmm. And then we had a match that Tristan really wanted to watch with us but wasn't able to because of timing DX versus Legacy. This this was good, but too slow in my opinion. Mm, I actually thought it was a banger tag team match. I gave it 3.75. Billy gave it 3. I thought it was very good, but just a little bit slow for my taste. I like the story behind it. Slow is good, but when it's done correctly to where it's not boring. Hindering, you know? yeah. And for the love of God, I love sleeper holds. While you're in there with sleeper holds or rest holds, fuck with the crowd at the same time. Because at least that's some entertainment value and stops them from going to sleep, figuratively. This next match, we're going to talk about it for as long as the match was. Remember, this is, again, an ECW match and was probably one of the final nails in the coffin for ECW. Christian versus William Regal. We both gave it .25, that is all. What did I say? 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 I'm going to say my piece. What did I say? I said we were going to give it as much time as the match itself. It was a clever way to do a very short squash match. But why would you 
do that to William fucking Regal. If you have a chance to let William Regal wrestle, let him fucking wrestle. You this could have been a five a star. Bitch. The, or I wouldn't go that far. Look at the names. Look at the names. Yes. This it, with the right story, this could have been five dollars. Yes, but WWE ECW would never have let that happen. Maybe. Anyway, we, then we had John Cena versus Randy Orton. This was a stinker, in my opinion. Billy sort of liked it. I thought it was an absolute stinker. The wrestling itself was good. If it would have cut out the fucking overbooking... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have been fine enough. If it would have just... Okay. If they would have done, like, maybe one of those false, full-ass false finishes... And then, oops, John Cena turns into an RKO. That would have been fine enough, but I think they did th- three false finishes. Yes, three. You could have done one in RKO. It's over. That would have been fine enough. <sighs> this made Cena look weak. He's been squashing the division, and you could just make him look weak. What the fuck? And also, the the match did not justify the ending. This was a slow ass match. They didn't feel it didn't feel big in any way. It, it just felt boring. I gave it one point two five. Billy gave it three. And then we have a TLC match: CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy. You gave it five jobbers, Billy. Oh. So, looking back on it, knowing what I know now, it's always weird looking at these types of storylines. Because it did poke fun at Hardy's addictions. Now, this might sound weird to say. This is one of the only ones where it didn't feel completely forced. This one was natural because of Jet CM Punk's already established straight-edge gimmick. And, of course, straight-edge person. You got a guy like Jeff who lives on the wild side. That story kind of writes itself. Everything else they did was very forcible. These guys, in a TLC match, was beautiful. You can watch it. Watch the bump Jeff, bumps Jeff Hardy takes. You can see why now the way he walks. It's the way he walks. And we'll I don't, give it negative one star. No, no, I can Shut the fuck up. Anyway, I didn't have anything wrong with this match. It's more of what it didn't do. For, for example, the storyline was great, in my opinion, for the subject it was uh, dealing with. But uh, the match itself, compared to like Jeff Hardy versus Rob Van Dam, which we gave five jobbers, mm-hmm. it didn't really feel like the stipulation was like too involved. Right. Like They were doing crazy shit with that ladder in Rob Van Dam versus Jeff Hardy. They were oh. doing some imaginative, creative shit. While CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy, to me, felt like another generic... TLC match. Really? Like, they didn't use it to that level. They didn't create something new with it, in my opinion. And the big best moment in the match, in my opinion, was the Undertaker uh, part. But I also do believe if they would have used too many of the ladder spots, then the big-ass dive off the ladder through the announce table would have been cheapened a little bit. I did like that moment, but I'm just... I don't know. Maybe I'm just desensitized. I, I still give it a good rating. It was still a banker. Four jobs from me. Five jobs from Billy. I, I still liked it. It just... I, I feel like... 
it felt like I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it just didn't feel like full potential. Mm-hmm. Also, I just realized that we accidentally did four Summer Slams in a row. <laughs> we did? Yeah. Six, seven, eight. Oh, shit. Yeah, we did. Okay. Okay, we were supposed to do a halfway point. Let's do that now. Okay, yes, yes. Let's talk about Impact. And uh, let's just oh, say okay, Slammiversary 2022, banger. Fucking banger. It was a fucking yeah. banger. I had... Like I, I had no hype. I had no hype, honestly. I had hopes going into it. It fucking crushed it and crushed it in a good way. Yeah. I had fun throughout the entire pay-per-view. There were the lesser matches, but there were no full bad matches, in my opinion. Uh now Williams gonna give the whole thing one star. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, honestly, Impact impressed me. I was not expecting much, and I, I, I've given them a bad rap, I, I will admit. But this match surprised me, I'm not going to lie. First, we had Ace, Ace Austin versus Jack Evans versus Kenny King versus Mike Bailey versus Trey Miguel versus Alex Zane. This was crazy, and a, just mainly just a spot fest, but a good kind of spot fest. Like that moment where they're on the rope, and then the guy just like dropped on that whole huddle of people. Remember that, Billy? He dropped his knees on the huddle of people. Yeah, that was just crazy. Never thought I'd see that. It it was just it was just a great starter. Mm-hmm. Although my only complaint, a tad bit longer, five more minutes, five I more minutes. I do agree with that because I looked it. It was only nine minutes. Five more minutes. That's all you needed, and that would have been a and certified like opener, banger banger. The X division was always so fucking good for an opener. Yeah. You could not go along with it. And an ultimate... And it still is. It's still... The X Division is still probably the best part of Impact. Yeah. It it always will be. And a guy like Ace Austin... Beautiful future in this business. I actually got the chance to do a show with him on it. Unfortunately, I was sick as a fucking dog that day. I should not have gone into the show, but I did. And I was just dying the whole match. It was... Yeah. But, yeah, great guy, an absolute amazing match. I was not expecting um, him to go over. Who? What was his fucking name again? Who? Oh, it was Speedball Mike Bailey, I believe, that won. Yeah, I think so. I just couldn't place his name. I don't know these these guys a lot, so I don't remember the names, honestly. But still, I gave it four jobbers. Billy gave it 4.5 jobbers. Very, very fun. This next match was a women's tag team match. Dirty. This is how you do a fucking tag team division for the women. And this, this is how you do a fucking tag team division. Now, shut up. This match was very good. The influence versus uh, Taya, Valkyrie, and Rosemary, by the and way. And this was the fucking low point of the show for me. Yeah. And it was well, very good. Uh, not for me, but... No. Really? The low point was the other tag team match. The Survivor Series, kind of, or the... Oh, no, 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 no. the Briscoes versus... Oh, you son of a bitch. I'll explain why in a minute, a moment, but... This women's tag team match gave me hope about women's wrestling across the board. I gave it 3.25, Billy gave it 2.75 because he hates women. Motherfucker! (laughs) I'm going to kill you! Next was a pretty hardcore match between Moose and Sammy Callahan. If you want to do hardcore wrestling, this match right here. This 
the storyline in itself is a very weird kind of match, but they did it very well. Like, just let go for a second and just have some fun and laugh at this match. Yeah, this was this was it, pretty good. It was brutal, brutal, and at the same time hilarious. If that makes sense. I forget, I had a problem with it, but I don't remember, it wasn't like a huge problem because I still gave it a high rating, but there was a slight problem with it, I don't remember exactly what it was though. (laughs) And there was one spot I remember, they set a trash can down, the bottom side up. Oh, I love that. And Moose took it straight, no give, and dented it right on the, oh my god, that must have fucking killed him. I also like the part where Moose was in the, the trash can. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But uh, I gave it 4.5. Billy gave it 4.75. Then we had the Briscoes versus the Good Brothers. The match itself, while I thought it was a little slow, I had no real problem with. It was more of the placing. It was right in the middle of the card. There was an exciting match right beforehand. I wasn't really hyped for it. I wasn't really paying attention. 2.25 from me. 3.5 from Billy. Explain your reasoning. I love the Good Brothers. Probably get flack for this, mostly from my brother. I hate the Briscoes. Yep. I think. I know you do. <laughs> they are. They have the weird way of promos where it's, "Hey yo, fucking this, I'm gonna fucking beat your ass, yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck." I love cussing. As you watch this podcast, I love cussing. You can't do it for the sake of cussing. Which is what they do, and I just. They put on great matches with other great tag teams. I wouldn't like Damn. to see them with an average tag team because they can't fucking hold up. I don't like them. Okay. Uh, but solid match. Next, we had a Survivor Series sort of type of match. Honor No More versus Impact Originals. Oh, wait. We forgot to mention the return. Oh, America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, there was... Me and my brother were pitching the entire night who was going to be the fifth member of the Impact Originals. This took a shot at one of my picks because I was thinking James Storm, but then they came out, and it was a great moment. I'm glad they did. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty fun. Uh, and then the match after... Who was the surprise guy? I had no idea who he was. Uh, this... Oh. I'm gonna have to look it up, because... You know what? That just shows how not uh, surprising it is. Okay. <laughs> For people that regularly watch yeah, I, I, I'm Impact not, I'm not trying to back show them. then, it was probably a fine surprise. But with the other superstars you had in that match, it was a tremendous letdown from what people were probably thinking. And especially since they had, like, AJ Styles appear. <laughs> like, not in person, but, like... He appeared on video. It was... Which was surprising. Davey Richards. No clue who that is. Exactly. And on the other side, you had the Morrissey Machine Guns. One of the best tag teams of all time. Really? Frankie Kazarian and Nick Aldis, who was formerly known as Magnus. Uh, Against Honor. No more. It was, it was a pretty chaotic tag team match. It had a lot of story to it. Uh, represented TNA. And, and Pat, I gave it 4.25, Billy gave it 4. Then we had the Queen of the Mountain match. I thought it was very good. For the first Queen of the Mountain match, yeah, it was pretty good. Could it have been more? Yes. 
Uh, this stipulation feels like it's very hard to do. It has to be under a certain storyline, in my from what I've seen. Uh, and I don't think this match. I don't know if it reached its full potential. I th- it definitely could have been more, but most matches can always be more. Mm-hmm. I thought they did good with the time they were given and what they had. And Chelsea, I'm my brother's fucking huge fan, Chelsea Green, and I'm also that? a I'm also a pretty good, pretty big fan of hers. And I think all five women did great. And the. Mickey James getting involved, that was a nice touch, even though it was on Chelsea Green. <laughs> now, we had the... Oh, I forgot to say it, but it's 3.75. 3.75 from me, 3.5 from Billy. Now we had the main event. Eric Young versus Josh Alexander. Billy? Say it again. The main event. Yes, yes. Okay. God now, this you. match, I gave five stars. Don't fucking judge me a lot of it was because of nostalgia because they brought out so many cool spots hey hey ty ty you're that you're that that uh ty. struggled breathing that's ty i love ty i prefer ty over william okay anyway explain your reasoning for five dollars but the nostalgia was great it was 20 years of impact so they could definitely throw in some of that and and they definitely did I love both those guys and the exposed wood under all the spots, his kid in the audience. It it was a beautiful match, and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and five stars, and, and, five stars. Yeah, and his daughter getting involved, yeah. Billy gave it five jo- jobbers. Mm-hmm. Billy, are you going to yell at me for giving it what I gave it? Go ahead. No, no, no. No, go ahead. Say what you gave it again. Just, just, just yell at me. No, okay? say it. Say it. Say just yell at me. the fucking number. No, just yell at me first, okay? You know what? It is your opinion. It's a shitty fucking opinion. You just have an unnatural hatred for TNA. That's your goddamn problem. It's not the TNA he wanted. Yeah, Billy, I, I, I know. I actually thought about it. And, uh... I changed my rating to a five jobbers. Mommy! <laughs> yeah, I, I changed it. I, I thought about it for a little while. I was like, that storyline was pretty cool. Had some pretty good spots. And you know what? I can't think of a single negative. Yeah, so five jobbers. We, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That was the first right, ever now, five jobbers I, I gave the TNA. Next change. Golden Shovel. I'm kidding. I'm no, we're kidding. not. That, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm definitely kidding. not worthy of the Golden Shovel. It could have been way better than it was. Like, comparatively. I think the only contender I can think of for the Golden Shovel... Actually, I have two contenders. You're probably going to disagree with me on one of them. One of them's going to be Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Definitely a contender for Golden Shovel. And the second I'm so one, excited to watch that. Second, for me... You're going to hate this one. Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. I don't exactly hate it. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, I don't remember a single botch from that match, and the storyline itself. Oh, the storyline itself is five stars right there. Make sure yeah. Goes out back outside, please. No, no, leave Ty, leave Ty, Ty. But yeah, we'll we're gonna get to both of those matches, and I love Kobe and Daniel. I did love that one, and Undertaker and Shawn. That it was. 
that was beautiful right there in and of itself. Now, you know, we since we talked about an extra slam when we weren't supposed to, let's talk about AEW Road Ranger. The way to Forbidden Door. First, we'll start with the Dynamite episode, which had some bangers on there. Chris Jericho versus Ortiz, hair versus hair match. Pretty entertaining. Oh, we're doing Road Ranger. Okay. Oh my god, really? Shut up, shut up. Jesus I, I was lost for a second, okay? Keep your mind on the game, Billy. My mind is on the game. This is your life. This is your life, man. I know. Shut up. Anyway, Chris Jericho versus Ortiz, hair for hair match. My only real flaw was it with it is that there was a lot of interference that I didn't like. Yeah. It was it was okay. Alright, you gave it more than okay. Oh, okay. I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah. It it was good. It was very nice, and I enjoyed the Sammy Guevara moment. Oh, I did like that too. I will agree. We were looking at it as Fuego del Sol, and as soon as the camera kind of got tight on him, I'm like, it's fucking Sammy Guevara. I didn't that expect that. Fucker. I, I thought you moved on. I did not expect that at all. Uh, so I gave it three jobbers. I gave it three jobbers. Billy gave They're it 3.5 jobbers. Then we had Wardlow squash, because that's what it was. Uh, it was okay. I mean, he would just he just did powerball after powerball on a bunch of legal people. They they threw up a ad on fucking Indeed or something, and a lot of these independent wrestlers. Hell yeah! And then they Pretty just much. all got fucking murdered. Yeah, I gave it one point seven five. Billy gave it two, and then we had. The, in my opinion, second best match, and Billy's opinion, first best match, Dax Harwood versus Will Ospreay. Go speak your, your preaching. Dax fucking Harwood. The man is a fucking shit. God, I love FDR. How are they this fucking good? I love this match because it's fucking Dax Harwood. It's Will Ospreay. It just give me all the heebie-jeebies inside. Oh my god. It was beautiful. And William's a fucking mark. I liked it. I gave it four jobbers. You gave it 4.5 jobbers. Because it was that damn good. Honestly, I probably would have liked it better if it was on pay-per-view. That's That's, another thing. That's fair. fair. In my opinion, I probably will never give a five-jobber TV special. Unless it's, like, worth... Okay. Because... Pay-per-views are for the big matches. Okay, it's understandable because of, you know, like, commercials in the middle kind That's of another thing, yeah. detract from it. So I can kind of understand your viewpoint on that. Yeah, anyway, new title in Dota E, or, Jesus Christ, AEW, the All-Atlantic Championship, and the one of the first matches in the tournament for it, Ethan Page versus Miro. I'm a huge Rusev slash Miro fan. I... Can, can you shut the fuck up? Can you shut the fuck up? I'm trying to do my job here. You're just being annoying. Fuck you. I'm doing my job better than you. Really? Texting while I'm doing all the information? That is not true. Yeah, fuck you. No, that's it. Go grab... Grab Ty. Grab Ty. He, maybe he should replace you. No. No, maybe he should replace you. He would talk you. more. You little son of... Anyway. 
so Ethan Page versus Miro slash Rusev. I've been a fan of Rusev since Rusev Day. Even a little before then, I was like, this is a banger theme. Boom, 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 boom. Anyway, uh, I gotta admit, this match was kind of lackluster. It was just... I feel like eh. AEW has very much cheapened Miro a little bit. I love his gimmick as the Redeemer, though. I love it. Now, he is still a great wrestler. Also, if you're, am... if you're wondering why that noise is, it's just an air mattress, okay? But I am a huge fan of Ethan Page. So I was hoping for him to win, and unfortunately, he did not. All ego, Ethan Page. Should have won. For sure. Should have won. I'm kidding. No, Miro, I disagree. Miro was a good choice. Miro yeah. was a good choice. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of Ethan Page. You son of a bitch. I, I definitely prefer Miro. Oh, fuck you. You know, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're not going to be redeemed by the Redeemer. Anyway, 2.75 for me, 3 from Billy. And then we had Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. My major flaw of this match is like, why, why didn't you just let Tony Storm win at Double or Nothing? If you're going to make her win here, why didn't you just make her win at the pay-per-view? That makes no fucking sense. Uh, what? What? Ruby Soho faced her at the pay-per-view. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Tony Storm faced her on uh, Dynamite. Yeah. That's right. Now, that, that I agree with because... I feel like the women's... The tournament should have been... A number one contendership. Tony also, Storm and Ruby, 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 Soho. Now, like, like, okay. Put this in perspective. Britt Baker beat Tony Storm in the tournament. Yes. Faced Ruby Soho, won the tournament cup. And then the next week, she faces a person she already beat in the tournament for a number one contenders match for Thunder Rose's championship. Now, I know... Like, storyline-wise, her facing Thunder Rosa again, like, the rivalry was fun back then, but it's kind of, like, stale at this point. Them facing again is not a good idea. But why, then why, why'd you make her lose to a fucking... AW, why, why'd you make Tony Storm lose to fucking Big Brave? AEW has so much women's talent, but they kind of fucked the women's scene right now. Yeah. It, it, it's still not great. I, for so they, many months, they are slowly improving, but it's still not great. For months, it revolved around Britt Baker, and that was a decent time. Once you took it off the took the tile off Britt Baker, she had to take a back seat, and you haven't built up any real credible stars other than Jade Cargo, but she already has her championship. Mm-hmm. Now I am excited for uh, Athena. Yes. She should dethrone Jade. Yes, yeah, she should. Uh, yeah, but anyway, Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. A little bit of a banger, not gonna lie. Uh, other than the storyline makes no sense, and the especially since AEW is about wins, like they've stated this many times that they're about wins, but yet they, they obviously didn't show it here. We both gave it 3.5 jobbers. And then we had the main event a ladder match between Jurassic Express. Versus Young Bucks, it was almost a triple threat ladder match, but then someone had to commit a DUI. Once again, we've already went over it yes, earlier. We're not, not going to talk about Hef Jardy. We, <laughs> shut up, shut up. <laughs> we wish him the best, but, and also... Get help, man. Get fucking course, help. I wish it wasn't because of a DUI, but I'm glad they were not in this match. Because I didn't want to see Jeff take more ladder bumps and fucking 
ruin his body more than it already is. Mm-hmm. And the Young Bucks go over. Finally. Beautiful. All right. I now, like Jurassic Express as tag teams, but they were, or, uh, yeah, as a tag team, they were tag team champions for way too long. And then, next tag team to win the title should be FT fucking R. They have every belt in the world except for the AW world title. Okay. Now, I will admit, storyline wise, that'd be a banger. Mm-hmm. However, I think there's another tag team that's deserving of it. The Usos! Okay, I thought you were going to say um, Swerve, Scott, and uh, Keith Lee. That'd also be pretty Which, cool. Which, I mean, I wouldn't hate to see it. They were pretty good. Interesting. Yeah, they were a great tag team in PWG. And um, so, I made the joke because the, Us- like the Usos would unify the Dota E and AEW Tag Team Championships. Which would be weird. But anyway, this was a great ladder match. Jungle Boy was great on ladders. And that special heel turn at the end with Christian. They they let it like simmer for a while. And I'm glad they did because the it, payoff was beautiful. And his, his speech on Dynamite was really good on explaining why he turned heel. And, and you, he, he was getting enough heat on his own, like in the promo itself, and then he fucking lets the line out. It's like you want me to be your dad. I never wanted to be a father figure to you, Jungle Boy, because you have your fa- you have a father, and your father's dead. <laughs> like, they, damn, bro. Like, they- Dead father comments. Jesus, man. Okay. 4.5 from me, 4.25 from Billy. Then we had Rampage, Road Rager. Not as good as Dynamite. But you can say that about any Rampage episode. Anyway. <laughs> we had Dante Martin versus John Moxley. A good match. I mean, I like John Moxley. I think he can always put it on a good match if he wants to. Although he did, before he went to rehab, he did have a slow decline but then he, he got back up so that's good for him uh i gave it four jobbers billy gave it 4.25 jobbers then we had max caster love that man and the gun club versus bear country and leon ruffin I had squash some, match i had something else to say but they made me sign an nda wow you can't even rap i know <laughs> you are so white you racist son of a bitch. Go get Ty. Go get Ty, goddamn it. You son of a bitch. He's white too. Want to yeah. make a bunch of a difference. But he's cool. I like him. <laughs> He'll talk about Hulk Hogan. You don't like... Okay, you know what? Okay, squash match, we both gave it one. Then we had Jade Cargill versus Willow Nightingale. Oh, gee. I wonder who would win. It was there. It, it was okay. I still think Jar- Jade needs to improve a little bit, but I think she's doing better. There's always room for improvement, but... She is doing well, unless, you're, unless your name's Bret Hart. <laughs> Fair enough. And, but I think, like, Smart Mart Sterling is a fun, very fun manager. Okay, I, I feel so bad. I can't remember what they changed his name to. I don't even know. Malcolm Bivens, the old, the really short I, manager. I, I don't even know. Okay, let me, 
Give me a second. You talk for a second. Okay. I gave it 2.25. Bailey gave it 1.5. Bailey, you better hurry up because I'm about to move on. No, motherfucker. Okay. Okay. Fuck, 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 fuck. Okay. Stokely Hathaway. Absolutely funny, funny guy. Great personality. And such a good manager. And I think he is great for... He works better for Jade Cargill and than, the other guy. than Mark Sterling did. He works better for that in the baddie section because he kind of has the same personality and flair to match Jade. Then we had the main event, Darby Allen versus Bobby Fischer, which had a good storyline to it, featured the return of Sting, Sting, and it was just a good match overall. Plus, Darby's promise to break... Uh, Bobby Fish's ankle by the end of it was fulfilled, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just a good match. We uh, I gave it four point two five. Billy gave it four. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, it was a very good match and a good way to end it. Like I said, it was the second best match on the card. Yeah, the, we all know what the first is. We all know. Wait, this is the same card. Fuck you. Shut up. That's what your damn phones would do to you. Motherfucker. I'm kidding. Now let's move back to SummerSlam. We'll start with SummerSlam 2010, which is the infamous one for one reason, Nexus. The biggest missed opportunity in WWE, modern age at least. Okay, the pay-per-view itself, if I could remember correctly, it was very mediocre. Yeah. The highest match we gave was a 3.5. It was almost hard to get through because, like, every match was just... Let's go. Let's like, go. Like the first match, Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston, on paper, banger. However, while it was good of its in, in, in itself, the ending was terrible because Nexus came in and just disqualified both of them. It was unfortunately slow, which... Yeah. If you want these guys, you want a fast-paced opener to get the crowd on their feet, I think they took the wrong approach with it. The disqualification is fine, if that's what they wanted to do to get a little bit more heat on net Nexus. Though at that point, their heat should have been at a boiling point. Now, I gave it two point... Or, nope, sorry. I gave it two jobbers, but I gave it 2.5 jobbers. Then we had an early 2010s women match... Between Alicia Fox and Molina. So you know it wasn't going to be fantastic. And actually it was kind of bad. It, it was really bad. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, okay, they... Molina... Okay, I, I remember one specific moment that made me hate the match. Molina did a pop-up and, like, screamed. And did the weakest possible move that was available. Out of all the options she had, after she, like, that was what, a screaming, a screaming like that, when she was screaming like that, that's supposed to be like, something big's gonna happen. And Alicia Fox was in the ropes, so you could have done literally anything. And she just, like, knees him in the back, and then Alicia Fox falls down. Like, that, that stuck I in my head. I remember nothing of that. Bitch. Yeah. I gave it one jobber, Bailey, Bailey gave it 1.25 jobbers. Bailey. Bailey, Billy. Ben. Okay. Then we had Straight Edge Society handicap match versus Big Show. You know a pay-per-view is bad when the second highest rating 
rated match on the card for for me at least was a handicap match. That sounded weird. Uh, uh, that came out of my mouth. Yeah. I loved the Straight Edge Society, and if okay, why the fuck would you feed them the Big Show? Now I I will admit. Okay. This match was good for like gimmicks and personalities. It really showcased like CM Punk's smartness. Like when Big Show was about to like slap him on the the stairs, and then CM Punk moved out of the way. I thought that was very clever. Instead of doing the hand stomp thing, because uh, I mean, it was fairly good for a three on one handicap match. Yeah, and but if you wanted to have like this, could have done as a SmackDown match with Gallows and Mercury versus Big Show. With CM Punk watching from the sidelines or something. I actually liked how it showed that like CM Punk wasn't really a wasn't really a leader of sorts. He was rather a coward when he just walked out of the match and fed his two members to Big Show. Yeah, they could take it. I, and I, I, I actually kinda liked the match. I gave it three jobbers, Billy gave it two point seven five. So we were we were close in rating. It was there. And then we had Sheamus versus Randy Orton, which is actually surprisingly a good match. Slow and long, yeah. but in a good way. I never, th- I've never thought Sheamus was a bad match. Um, Randy. It really depends on if he cares or not. Yeah, honestly. if he cares, he's almost fucking unmatched. At this point, it was like he didn't really care, but he still put on a pretty good thing. Yeah, uh, I we both give it three point five. Then we had Kane versus Rey Mysterio. Okay. This storyline is so fucking stupid. Dear God, do you remember this storyline? <laughs> Who put my I'm... brother in a, in, a, in a fucking coma? It was Rey Mysterio. No, no, and, and, the... and then Undertaker's like, it wasn't Rey Mysterio. No, it was no. you, Kane. Wait, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's leaning you wrong. My brother in a coma. No. They never said coma. They kept going, he put the Undertaker in a vegetative state. Same thing. Over Memorial Day weekend, they put him in a vegetative state. And yes, it is the same thing. Why wouldn't you just say coma or paralyzed? Maybe maybe you said vegetative state. Like, I I wonder if they were just trying to scare Undertaker because of cucumbers. Um, Oh, yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, Undertaker is afraid of cucumbers. Now, this match wasn't awful. The aftermath. It it made no fucking sense to me. I understand. Like, like why was he staring okay. down Rey Mysterio? It made no, no fucking no. sense. Not even that. I understand getting Kane over. But it made Undertaker look like a bitch. He chokes him. Kane chokes him back. Oh, that's right, f- yeah. F- tombstone. It's the Undertaker coming back to life and finally realizing... You did it, Kane. And then, Kane should have, you know, cowered, ran away, maybe even take the tombstone. No. Kane gave Undertaker the tombstone and made his entire return look like a bitch. And to be fair, Undertaker was in a vegetative state. The match... <laughs> fucking veget... The match wasn't bad, but it... Yeah, you gave it, you gave it 3.5. Yeah. I gave it 2.75 because I didn't like the story. It's fucking stupid. 
It is, it's one of the, it's, it's, it's such a goofy fucking story. I will never say coma again, it's just vegetative state. And goofy stories are fine. I am, like, I'm loving Elias versus, or, Elias and Ezekiel. That is my favorite storyline in WWE right now. However, Kane and Undertaker, really? You shouldn't really be doing, like, a, like, I don't think they meant to do it goofy, but it just came off goofy. Now, this robbery did take a pretty good turn. I love their video package for, I think it was their Night of Champions match. Anyway, uh, then we had the main event, Nexus versus Team WWE. The match that some say buried Nexus. Now, I will admit, from what I've heard, it wasn't as bad as people were saying it was when it came to burying them. Like, granted, they could have put them over. I think it was okay that they won. It was the way Team WWE won. They were down one to two. And then John Cena took a bare DDT on concrete. Justin Gabriel went for a 450. He turned around, missed it, one, two, three. And then John puts Wade Barrett into an STF, and Wade Barrett taps out. He just got DDT'd on concrete. That's where it went wrong. Not that they won, but how they won. Yeah, honestly, like, Edge and Chris Jericho attacking John Cena should have put him out of the match, in my opinion. What? Should have. But this was Super Cena. He had his tutti fruity powers. So, yeah. And mediocre main event. I give it 2.5. Billy gave it 3. Yeah. And then the final SummerSlam for this week's podcast. Mysterio, Morrison... Oh, sorry. SummerSlam 2011. First, we had Mysterio, Morrison, and Kingston versus The Miz, R-Truth, and Del Rio. A pretty good trios All match. great names except for Alberto Del Rio. Go fuck yourself, you little prick. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, I gave it 3.75. Billy gave it 3.5. Then we had Sheamus versus Mark Henry. This was a, if I remember correctly, World Heavyweight Championship match? Nope. Nope. I am totally wrong. Wow. Wait. I'm so off. That was not a World Heavyweight Championship match of, uh, at all. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Wow. I can't believe I just said that. I believe I they... Honestly, I should I should quit. That, that That's it. That, I just yeah. ruined my career right go, there. Go, go, go grab Ty. Go grab Ty. <laughs> they could have... They could have had a better match. You might look at those names and think, okay, that's about what you expected. No. Is Elliot home? Not that we've heard. No, Seamus and Mark Henry have done much better. They really have. So, yeah. Now, it also ended up in a countout, which is not the best thing to do. I mean, the spot kind of worked for it because he did put him through the barricade. Yeah. Which kind of sold the strongness of Mark Henry. Hall of Pain! But, uh... Somebody call get the ass kicked. 2.25 from me, 2.5 from Billy. Then we had Beth Phoenix versus Kelly Kelly. I I just watched this today. I don't even remember a single thing from it. You don't remember a single thing, do you? No. No. And it just... Yeah. Yeah. I gave it two jobbers. Billy gave it 1.75. It was the women in that era. It just... It didn't work. And then we had a pretty good Intercontinental Championship match, Daniel Bryan versus Wade Barrett. Hmm? 
uh, I had some nice chain wrestling, and, uh, you know, it's Daniel Bryan. You know he's going to be good. Wade Barrett's pretty good himself. I gave it 3.5. Billy gave it 3. It was two solid guys, and it, it was going to be good. It was going to be good. Now, give me a... S- continue, hmm. but I'm going to check something, because I okay. don't think that was... Next, we had Christian versus Randy Orton in the World Heavyweight Championship match. The that was one. not for the Intercontinental title. Was it not? No. Wade Barrett and Daniel Bryan was not. For well, the Intercontinental title. It was for a title at some point. No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't for a title? It was for it was a singles match. Are you I, I remember the, there being a title. Am I the, having a Mandela effect? The Intercontinental title wasn't even on the line in this. I remember Wade Barrett having a title. I don't know. Probably at some point, but not during that. Well, I thought it I, I remember it being around his belt. Meh. Anyway. Christian versus Randy Orton. Let's talk about that. Very, very solid. This robbery was fun. I I don't like that they took it off Christian two days after he won it. It's, oh, it was just two days? I didn't realize that. Yeah, they taped SmackDown on Tuesdays. Mm. So two days after he won it, he lost it to some Randy. I'm glad he won it back and held it for a little while. And Christian as a heel works so well. So it worked here. It was a fun match. The thing with Edge beforehand was fun. And just, yeah, all around fun use of no holds barred. And it showed that Randy slightly cared during this. Yeah, the only flaw is that Christian didn't mention how Randy Orton's dad should go to hell. Anyway. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, uh, I gave it 4.25 jobbers. It was pretty good. It, it was a stream rules match, too, which was added some intensity to it. Uh, you gave it four jobbers. Mm-hmm. Then we had the main event, CM Punk versus John Cena. It was good. Not as good as their Money in the Bank match, obviously. Oh, not... And there was a sour note to it. It was good, but honestly, could have been better. This marked the end of the Summer of Punk. And the aftermath. Kevin Nash attacking CM Punk, and then Del Rio cashing in. Kevin Nash is bad enough, and then you hit that fucking Del Rio music, and then fucking Del Rio, and then fucking... Del Del Rio! Dorito. Anyway... Uh, I gave it. Don't you talk about Doritos like that? I gave it three point five jobbers. Billy gave it three point seven five, and we have finished all the SummerSlams for today. Now, so you know what that means, right? It's my turn for. Yes, I'll be right back. Yes, so I'm gonna show you guys the new improved theme song for Japanese Corner, which is, in my opinion, a banger. that that is incorrect. That was incorrect. I don't know what happened right there. I'm sorry for that. That was a mishap. Uh, I pressed the wrong button. Here's the actual thing for it. Presenting the Japanese Corner, where I talk about everything Japanese and wrestling. We'll be talking about the first ever G1 Climax. Now, technically, G1 Climax started before then, but this is the first one in its name, which was in 1993. And this is a banger thing. Anyway. Of course he gives himself the metal. Fucking son of a dick. Okay, I don't think that was really metal. 
rock stone. Wait, you... Wait, I gave never... Jobber Central a metal... Or not metal, but a rock theme song. It was a good theme, but... Yeah. I, that felt more of the Japanese style, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you thought I was going to go stereotypical with it, you asshole. Anyway. <laughs> so we had... Let me find it. I watched the first ever G1 Climax, at least the one in its name. Why can't I find it? There it is. 1992. Not 1993. Okay. And it was fucking hard to find this to watch for free. Like, I already have New Japan World, but the thing is, because of TV rights, it was... they, They can't show everything. They can't have everything on there, so... I wasn't able to... I had to find these online. And it was it was hard. But I was able to find it. And the first match for the tournament... Now, the, usually G1 Climax is a round-robin tournament. However, for the first few, they did a elimination style. I think they originally did a round-robin, round but then they switched to elimination. Then they went back to a round-robin. I don't know. It was long, complicated history. Technically, this one isn't even like... like most people haven't probably watched this because, like, it wasn't huge and it wasn't on, like, any major television things. But uh, I watched it, and it, w- it was pretty good. It had some moments. We start off with Arn Anderson versus Steve Austin. Yeah, I know. Japanese corner, and I'm talking about two American wrestlers. This was during the time where they teamed up with NWA, so... There's going to be a lot of American wrestlers, but the Japanese wrestlers shine through Stu, too. God damn it. Two. So we have Arnold Anderson versus Steve Austin. I saw moves that I've never seen Steve Austin commit in WWE. It was crazy. But it, 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 was, it was a very generic match. Three jobbers. Then we had Crush, Crusher Bam Bigelow versus Scott Norton. I expected more from Bigelow, honestly. Scott Norton did his thing. 2.75 jobbers. Then we had Masahiro Chono versus Tony Haum. Haum? Helm? Haum? I don't know. Ham, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> uh, this was a pretty good match. Uh, Masahiro is pretty good in the ring. Uh, Tony uh, was also pretty good. They had a, a cu- they had some good chemistry. I gave it 3.25. Then we had Keiji Muto versus Barry Windham. Uh, I don't remember too much from this match. I just remember... Keiji Mutu, I think he was finished this with a moonsault, if I remember correctly. Then we had Super Strong Machine, what a name, versus the Sexy Man. That's not his nickname, I just like to call him that, Rick Rude. This was a pretty good match. Rick Rude surprised me with his skills. It, it seems whenever America American wrestler goes to Japan, they always up their game. Hulk Hogan did it. Brock Lesnar probably did it. Anyway, uh, Super Strong Machine versus Rick Rude got four jobbers from me. Then we had Shinye Hashimoto versus the Barbarian. Barbarian was a pretty big dude. Shinya was uh, pretty well built, and they they had some good chemistry in the ring. Three point five jobbers. Then we had Kinsuke Sak- Sa- Kinsuke Sakasaki versus uh, Jim Neidhart. I expected more from Nightheart, honestly. Uh, it was just kind of like, you know, it was just, it was okay. 2.5 jobbers. Then we had Kinsuke Sasaki versus Terry Taylor. Now, if I remember correctly, this match happened because uh, T- 
Terry Taylor was supposed to face a, um, uh, what's his name? I don't know. But he was supposed to face a certain guy, but that guy got injured. And so Terry Taylor was automatically sent to the next round. So Terry Taylor was pretty good. Uh, Kinsuke was a little repetitive, I noticed. But I still liked it, so I gave it four jobbers. And then we had a very big highlight. Kaiji Muto versus Steve Austin. This was fantastic. I was not expecting this to go as hard as it did. And it went hard. I need to stop mentioning hard. Uh, 4.5 jobbers for me. Then we had Rick Rude versus Shinya Hashimoto. Uh, it was okay. 3.25 jobbers. Masahiro Chono versus Scott Norton. 3 jobbers. Kinsuke Sasaki versus Rick Rude. Okay, this was the match that really showed that like Rick Rude depended on chin holds a lot. He did a lot of chin holds in this match. Like, a majority of it was just that. And that was a massive flaw. Plus, Kinsuke was starting to get really repetitive. Now, to be fair, this was supposed to be tele- like just regular television matches. There wasn't really anything like big and special about these. So, and some of the matches got repetitive because, well, they weren't expecting people to look back at it and stuff like that. So I gave it two jobbers for that one. Masahiro Chono versus Kaiji Muto. Oh, that was a good match. Another magnificent match. This was, this if I, this like this showed the purest, purest Soho. No, purest So is it purest So? Yeah, purest So style of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it did it pretty well. Technical masterpiece, everything like that. Four point two five jobbers. Then we had the. Tournament final, Masahiro Chono versus Rick Rude. Again, Rick Rude depended on the chin holds a little too much, but it was still a banger finale with Chono gaining the win for his home country, Japan, and Rick Rude, the evil American foreigner, losing. (laughs) Rick Rude got a lot of massive heat during this uh, tournament, and he was a highlight of it. I really liked seeing him just sway his hips around and the Japanese people yelling at him. It was pretty fun. Uh, and you know what? Because I like the theme so much, I'm just going to exit with the uh, Japanese corner theme also. So just... Uh, of course you are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just wanted to mention it. Okay. Now, what should we talk about now, Billy? Because we actually somehow... With all of those events to review... 25 minutes left. And we still have 25 minutes left. We can easily find a topic to talk about. Um, uh, yeah, let's go back to what... Forbidden Door. Oh, yeah. We're going to go over the matches that we're looking at here. We're not going to... Unless you want to, I don't think we're going to predict. Eh, we can predict. We have nothing yeah, else to yeah, do. fair enough. Forbidden Door 2022. I was going to say, it's guaranteed, hopefully, that one of these matches will be five jobbers. Yeah, it's... it's in fact, I'm thinking maybe two five jobbers match, which will be the first time in our history. Either way, it's going to be a very fun show, and I'm very excited for it. Very. You know, this could have potential to have a fucking... uh, Even though we don't go over the pre-show, we got Max Gasta at the Gun Club against... Oh, God, I'm going to be you for a second. No, no, let me do it. You, uh, let me do it. I have more experience. Motherfucker. Yuya 
Oh, you know what? Oh, that's a very hard one. Thank Yumora. You, 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 Yuya Yumora, Alex Collin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. And then we have, let me go to the bottom actually, Zack Sabre Jr. versus an opponent of Daniel Bryan's choosing. I'm hoping for Daniel Bryan. I'm hoping, show, I'm hoping <laughs> for Johnny Gargano because my favorite wrestler. Or I would not be mad at all for Cesaro. Because, God, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Cesaro. My God. That just makes me... That's five jobbers right there. Yeah. And then we got the Bullet Club. El Fantasmo. Huculio. Huculio. Hawk. It's Hiculio. Hiculio. Yeah, whatever. And the Young Bucks. Versus Dudes with Attitudes, which is Darby Allen, Sting, and Los Ingovernables de Japan. Shingo Takaji and Hiromu Takahashi. Yes. And then we got Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's World Title. That's going to be a banger. What could also be five stars. This might be, yeah. FTR versus United Empire versus Rapunzel. Rapongi Vice. Still don't know how to say their name. (laughs) In a winner takes all match for the ROH tag team titles and IWGP tag team titles. Certified Baker. You know I'm pulling for FTR. FTR better win, honestly. Singles match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight title. Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. A lot of people are throwing hate at this one. I can see where you might want somebody better facing Will Ospreay. But Orange Cassidy can fucking go like a champion. So I'm really excited for it. It's going to be a good match. I don't see where people dislike Cassidy so much. And then we have Les Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy, Gravara, and Manura Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston. Ugh. Shut the fuck Willa up. Willa Yuta and Shota Yumino. Willa Yuta. Ugh. Oh, you motherfucker. Yeah, that's what I thought. Fuck you. Great match except Eddie Kingston. Great match except for Wheeler Yuda. Okay, you don't even believe that. Yeah, I don't. But you know what? You're just being a fucking mark. Fuck Eddie Kingston. Fuck Fuck you. Fuck Eddie Kingston. He's a bum. Oh, let's see. Who, uh, who, who's in a major promotion right now? Hmm. I don't think Billy Bowers is in a fucking promotion. Whoa, 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 whoa. This wasn't about me. You fucking generic superhero sounding ass name. This was not about me, John. We have Pac versus Miro versus Malachi Black versus Clark Connors. Sadly, Tomohiro Ishii is injured. For the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship. And that championship is already looking prestigious with this title. It's looking up. beautiful, but, you know, Tony Khan thinks the entire ocean is all the Atlantic. Yeah, that's that's the one fall. <laughs> and then we have another four-way match. Well, wait, the, uh, wait, wait. Clark Connors is American, isn't he? Uh, he was born in... He was born in the United States. So, fate just had it where it's like, oh, you want a Pacific Island? Or not Pacific Island. Pacific person being in this tournament? But, no. And then... <laughs> 
we have another four-way match for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. Another possible five-jobbers match. If done right. Jay White versus Kazuchika Okada versus Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Bay Bay. For the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I popped so hard when Okada came on Dynamite. I was not expecting that. And in the main event. Is that the main event? I don't think it's going to be the main event. No, the next one. Oh, yeah, that's right. They oh, already yeah, announced the main event. Yeah, that's right. Singles match for the interim AEW World Championship. John Moxley versus Hiromu Takahashi. Excuse me? Not kidding. Versus Hiroshi <laughs> Tanahashi. <laughs> so yeah, great, great card, and that was, that's like oh, the... Just, okay, well, just if you guys think I'm racist, it's just, I, I find it funny that there's two stars that have like very similar sounding names, and so I, I make fun of it. I would have done it with an American too, don't, don't call me racist. I, at least I watch Japanese wrestling. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, we I are wa- both watching the G1 Climax. Yeah, that's true. Mostly because Zack Super Jr. Plus the word climax, isn't it? <laughs> Shut up. Shut the fuck up. But yeah, it's going to be a very interesting card, and I'm glad that I'm happy to see how it goes. So we could have upwards of three, five job okay, I don't think there's going to be three. We got Zack Saber Jr. We got the tag match, three way. Okay. And then we have. The four way for the IWGP title. That's three. I know. Oh, you said three. I thought you said four. I don't know. Three, all those three could possibly be. Hey, give some love to the fucking John Moxley versus. Four. It could be four. What's with your fucking hate over John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, huh? I'm not. I don't have as much hate over John Moxley. He's just not as good as everyone thinks he is. I I don't know what to fucking talk about. Why don't you talk? You you didn't talk for a lot of the podcast. Uh, what are you talking about? I, 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 hey, I, talk about the book. Huh? Talk about the fucking book. Oh. Grab my... Alright. Just, just introduce it while we uh, can get it out. Um, so, okay. I don't know if I talked about this last week. I don't believe I did. But... Ah. A complete one-year training... Curriculum and Guide for Beginners and Seasoned Pros by Dr. Tom Pritchard. This guy yeah, was a first coach and trainer um, in 1996-2004 for WWE and a head coach from 2007-2012. So clearly a lot, of, um, a lot of knowledge there and so much knowledge. And he actually goes through an entire year of what training would look like down at the Performance Center. So, like, he'll tell you all about live events and studying tape. And also a lot of different moves and where you should try them and when you should try them, how much experience you should have. So if you're watching this and you are planning on becoming a professional wrestler... 
go on Amazon right now. Pause it. We'll still be here when you get back. You back? Did you buy it? Go back and buy it. I'm telling you, go back and buy it. Okay, good, good. You bought it. Nice. You didn't fucking buy it? You lying to us? Dude, we, we know your address. We know all your addresses. Hey. Especially that one in Ireland. That hey. listener in Ireland? We know where you hey, live. Hey, they're not supposed to know that. <laughs> but We're fucking Mark Zuckerberg in this shit. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my god, you don't want to say Dave Meltzer's name on camera. Hey, hey, Dave Meltzer. Oh my god. But, seriously. Get this book. It is such, such a help and a great read. And also, um, some other ones I want to go through. Chris Jericho's books, because he's a great author, very hilarious storyteller. A.J. Lee. Her book is very night, very telling of her time in WWE. Wait, and are you switching if, books already? Huh? Are you switching books already? No, I'm just talking about the ones I want to read. Oh, okay. And I've already read eight, those ones, but um, A.J. Lee's, it shows a great thing about her time in WWE, and it really delves into her struggles with mental health. So if you also go through that, it is a very good book, very nice, informative book to read. So yeah, overall, I definitely suggest it. This guy doesn't know how to read, but, you know. Yeah, honestly, like, I, I, I don't even know who Dr. Tomb... Oh my god. Shut up. Shut up. Pry, 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 hard, pry, Never heard of that guy. Tom Pritchard, brother of Bruce Pritchard. How the who fuck is... did you get Tom Pritchard out of that? It's because that's what fucking says. Tom Pritchard. And what the fuck is is that like a, an abbreviation? Dur, dur. Doctor. Okay. <laughs> brother of Bruce Pritchard, who is, by the way, the current head of talent relations. Wow. Somebody is on hiatus. John Laurinaitis, going back to the oh yeah allegations thing. Now, that was just the first edition of Billy's Book Club, which is the thing he's starting, and yes, I will create a theme for that, too. Yeah! However, because it's book-related, it's not going to be hardcore rock. I hope you know that. What? No. It, okay. Just reading's cool. You should do it. However. Library music. I'm going to go with like more classical piano stuff. Mother. But I'm going to make it sound catchy. You know how I am. Uh, do hey, I? Do I? The two themes I've created for this fucking podcast are kind of bangers. Yeah, I they think. are bangers. Not gonna lie. That's why they are bangers. Yeah. Now, do you have anything specific you want to talk about the book? Um, Not necessarily. At the moment, at least. What's your favorite moment? Well, honestly, a lot of it, it isn't like... Well, I know it's not like a generic... No. It's not like an autobiography book. Yeah. It goes over a lot of the same stuff. It's just different moves you can work with and when you should start doing them. It literally goes through a year of training. A year! Most, oh my... For this price, it is such... I know you didn't get it. Go back and get it. Even you, Tristan. Go on Amazon and get it. Right now. You We're do coming it. to the island! You one listener, we're coming to Ireland. Unless you're Finn Balor, Seamus, or Becky Lynch. You 5% listeners. Yeah, that live in Ireland. 
for some reason. Yeah, 5% of our listeners live in Ireland. That's so weird to say. Yeah. I have to look at our statistics after this. And also, I it's a great time to plug this. Oh, God. Shut up. We... Steroids! No. <laughs> Not yet. That's for the end. Okay. We have a... We now have an Instagram page. Oh, that's right. I've got... <laughs> now... And we have a website, too. Yes. Well, I'm getting to that. Basic website, though. Basic. And since some jerk decided to take the name Jobber Central, the technical username is Jobber Central 2022. Shouldn't be too hard to remember, considering we started in 2022. It's the year of 2022. So, go drop a follow. We hope to give some insights into what's going on on there or our website. Now the website is a bit more complicated. Get your notepads out. Get you get your notepads out. We're talking to you, Donnie. We know you love your notepad. It is Jobber Central 32852445.wordpress.com we're, we're getting there, guys. Wait, we're getting there. Just put it in the bio of our Instagram. I already did, genius. Then you just tell them to go to our yeah, Instagram. Yeah, shut up! Okay. Yeah, two at once. Just go to our Instagram and go from the link in our bio to get to our website. And there you'll find our past episodes, and we're hoping to put a couple of different blogs up there. Blogs? Fuck no. Shut up. I'm not putting fucking blogs on it's that. It's not your choice. You know, we could, well, actually, you know, we could do blogs where we just give, like, the star ratings, like, we can, so we can yeah. keep them written in mm-hmm. case people don't listen to our podcast and write them down. Mm-hmm. Donnie, you're supposed to be writing the star ratings down. Why aren't you? <laughs> and we... Oh, sorry, hope- job ratings, not star. Sorry, Meg Delter, please don't hit us. <laughs> we hope to do some editing, editing on it to really make it pop. So, we got some good things in line, boys. We got some good things coming. Yeah, and don't forget, we're still going to watch the longest pay-per-view in history. Oh. Yay. And although the promotion itself is a banger, so there should be some bangers on there, uh, we're going to be doing WrestleMania watches after December, and we are also going to watch some Halloween Havocs on the lead-up to, well, Halloween. We're now, also going to do a Halloween special where we review all the Halloween habits that we watch. Now, um, after, okay, so we're doing 2012-2017 on the next episode, and then 2018-2021, and that will have us caught up on the Summer Slams, and then we're doing the Cruiserweight Classic, which I'm very... In, in between WrestleMania and SummerSlam, yes. Which I'm very excited for. May Young Classic. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. No, we're definitely doing that. Well, I didn't know, I didn't, we didn't agree on that yet, so. We agreed on it. No, and, no, we fucking didn't. Of course, like he said, the longest pay-per-view. We're also gonna Halloween Havoc. Yes, Halloween Havoc. And Lucha Underground. Ah, well, I, I, I never agreed to that. You, you, you motherfucker, we have to do it. We have he, to do it. He will tie me up and force me to watch it, yes. You're gonna fucking enjoy it. It's, it involves wrestling you like. Yes, yes it does, but it just, Shitty business, I know, but we're watching it illegal. I mean, we're watching it um, where they won't be able to get money from it. Definitely not illegally. 
Yeah. It's totally legal. Dot legal dot legal dot legal dot dot legal dot extra legal dot com. Yes. 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 Now. Any other thing? Okay, so we have we have weed up to Halloween havoc. I think since we're gonna end this in SummerSlam's in June, isn't it? Or July. Uh, it's the very end of June. So Really? Yeah, it's June thirtieth. Wait, no. Oh no 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 no. July thirtieth. July thirtieth, yes. Yes. Okay, I was about to say. Okay, so let's see. Today is the twenty fourth. So we should be filming the next show on the eighth. That'll be that. And then the next one on the twenty second. Ooh, that's we okay, so it's gonna be cutting in a little bit you close know, though. You know Let's do let's review less SummerSlams. What do you mean? You know how we've been doing six? Yeah. Let's do less. So then we can reach that mark. We will reach the mark though. Well yes, but Okay, no. I, I wanna connect I wanna have the last one with no. the others. Yes, no, Billy. No, no. Yes, Billy. Yes. Yes. No. Wait, Wait you no, disagreed no, with me. No, No. Why not? We'll we'll argue about this. Not no, we have plenty of fucking time to argue. We are not going to argue about how we wor- structure the podcast in front of the kids. We watch three each week, and then we review them six at a time each podcast. And I think that's a good way to do it. It is. However, now that we have the conundrum where we'll have a podcast episode where it's only one SummerSlam, that makes okay. no fucking sense. Okay, fine. We we can still watch oh, the no, same. Oh, no, wait. Actually, I'm wrong. Wait, no. I am right. I am right. Never mind. No. Uh, oh, god damn it. I was so close to him admitting he was wrong for once. I, I admitted I'm wrong before. Do, do maybe, you? Maybe yeah. not on the podcast, but at some point I have. Alright, that's the goal for this year, guys. Get him to admit he was wrong. I will not admit that I'm wrong, that I admitted I'm wrong. I will make you eat crow, William. You know what? You know what, Billy? Huh? You keep this up, I'm gonna kiss you. Stop the podcast, stop the podcast. No, 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 no. If you guys are able to get us sponsors, we will kiss on on the podcast but you won't know because there's no camera but anyway <laughs> I never agreed to that but now you will won't you oh my god okay but seriously guys you know keep tuning in we're having a lot of fun with this and I hope yeah. you are as well honestly this is the only thing that keeps that is keeping me going my my, my wife left me recently and my kids she took the kids um, um definitely. yeah and my my I'm, my, I'm the, my, my I'm father the one, just like I'm just locked me out of my trust fund and I'm uh, the divorced father vibe here, William. Calm yourself. No, I look way more like a father than you do. Shut up. You look but more like a uncle. If you're about to call me a frat boy, I swear to I God. I said an uncle. I but a frat boy a, uncle, yes. I'm slightly a frat boy. But anyway, so yeah, we're having a lot of fun with this, and I hope you guys are too. If you make it to the end of these podcasts, thank you. Because I know we're very jumbled and hard to deal with, but we're funny, so it kind of makes up for it. The chaos is what makes us so good. The chaos is what makes us who we are. The unprofessionalism matches how unprofessional wrestling is. They're, they keep coming in for the chance that I'm going to kill you on one of these episodes. Yeah, honestly. Which is a very likely possibility. Or the chance that I accidentally kill you. Okay. So I'd say that's about a good place to end it here. Yeah. We're about one hour and 55 minutes in. So we're going to let you guys out of class early. The bell dismisses you.
See you guys on the next podcast. See ya! We should get an outro, shouldn't we? I don't know. Just, I already kind of... I, I don't know. I don't. Just, I, don't, I think just, it would be too much. Just, just push the button. I'm not Pu- pushing the push button. Push the button. You push the fucking button, why don't you? No, you, no, no. Don't touch no, my computer. No, Fuck you, you hang up. No, you hang up. I'm not hanging up until you say sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, I don't know what you're apologizing for. I was just making bullshit just, just up. Just hang up. Okay, fine.